Welcome back to Drinks First, the podcast in which I interview New York City's kind of eligible. Today, I have a guest that I actually just met. We met for coffee earlier this week, and I had a last minute schedule switch. So I'm really excited to get her in. She's coming in completely <laughs> unprepared. I asked her to do it super last minute, but I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. So I would love to learn a little bit more about you. So do you mind telling me how old you are, where you're from, where in New York City you live now, and what you do for work? I'm 27. I'm from North Carolina, but you can probably hear my accent. And I live in Greenpoint right now, um, and I'm a grad student at NYU. What are you doing there, and what did you do for undergrad? Yeah, I went to undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill and I studied um, broadcast journalism and like did not want to do that. So I kind of bopped around for a few years and then was like, oh, wait, I really like writing. And so I'm in a master's program at the Journalism Institute at NYU. It's a literary journalism program. So how long have you been in New York City for? Ooh, um, almost three months. I'm coming up on my three-month mark. Oh, my so gosh. So you're on the scene. new. You're yeah. so new. Um, how did you end up in Greenpoint and how are you liking it so far? Mm. So I'm living with a friend from undergrad and we just like came up for like a literal day and we got here at noon and we saw 12 places kind of like we knew we, we knew we wanted to stay in Brooklyn. So we were kind of all over the place and just like didn't have great luck. Like we were just we couldn't find anything we liked. And I was like, maybe we should just up our budget a little bit and like see if there's somewhere else we can look. And we this is a la the last apartment we looked at and we were both like this place is perfect. It's like checking all of our boxes. Um, so it was truly like by accident. Um, but we really like it because it's kind of quiet. Um, and I'm from the country. So like, I need like a little bit of quiet every now and then. I know. So how does it kind of relate being from North Carolina and then now living in New York City? They're very different, obviously. Um, I'm from like a, I'm from a small town, farm town, like behind my parents' house is a cornfield. So it's like different because I wasn't even like a city in North Carolina, but it's been fun. And it's, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I feel like I've adjusted like pretty easily, but I, that could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like Chapel Hill and I have some ties to like that Chapel Hill, like triangle area. So I've been a few times. It's a huge college town because you have UNC, you have Duke mm -hmm. and I went to school in Pittsburgh, so I was still, like, in a city relatively. Like, I assume that Durham and Chapel Hill would also kind of be a city, but it's not. It's very much just, like, the college and then the few streets of town around it. So it's, like, really not a city. I feel like Raleigh is the city. Yeah, um, but those would still be considered cities to us, which is crazy. <laughs> Durham has definitely more, like city-like areas, but it's pretty big and kind of spread out. Mm -hmm. um, really cool place, though. But Chapel Hill, I always say, is just like they built a school in the middle of the country because, like, you'll That's be driving down. That's what it feels like. Yeah, like driving down, like, Martin Luther King Boulevard, and there's deer on either side of the road. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not the city like this is. Nowhere in North Carolina is, obviously. Yeah. I mean, Greenpoint is relatively quiet right so yeah. <laughs> and Brooklyn is well 
actually, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't say Brooklyn's like the closest thing you can get to the country in New York City. I feel like there is relatively suburban living in certain parts of New York City, like, you know, in like a Bay Ridge, Forest Hills, um, like up in the Bronx, Staten Island Mm -hmm. is like all houses, like those are way more kind of like suburban living, but you have access to the city. Not that North Carolina, I wouldn't even like describe necessarily as some parts are suburban, but like it's kind of country. Oh, very. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess since it's your like coming up on three months, usually I ask people where do they like to eat and where do they like to go out? Um, And I'm not sure (laughs) how much you've been able to do in three months, but I would love to hear it. Yeah, I can't say much to the going out part, um, but I have, I like, was like, this isn't, this is overwhelming because the city's so big and there's a bajillion things to do in like one block. So I was like, I'll just like get familiar with Greenpoint and like bop around there and then I'll like start branching out. Um, so my favorite place to eat in Greenpoint right now, I've been like killing it out, is a Lebanese restaurant called Eddie's Grocer. So he has mm. like, there's like a shop area and like a market area, but they have food. And so I've been going there like once or twice a week and buying things from the fridge and like coming home and like snacking on like olives and stuff for like my meals. Um, so that's World been dinner. my spot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's been my spot um, here. It's just so good. And then I guess like the other place I frequent a lot is Cafe Grumpy mm-hmm. in Greenpoint. Um, it's the best like place to work in the neighborhood and I just got a desk this week. So I've been having to leave every time I want to go like do some work. And so that's my favorite place to get coffee. And they have this really yummy fall drink. I hope they keep it a few more weeks, but it's um, apple cider and matcha. And it's so Mm. freaking good. So I've been, those are my two spots lately. Yeah. That's awesome. Eddie's Grocer is great. Uh, Like the food is so good. Yeah, I know it's not like a fancy place, but I'm obsessed with it. No, yeah, no. It's really that it's like a good spot. I've heard Radio Bakery in Greenpoint is really good if you have the chance to go. And obviously same with Taqueria Ramirez. People like mm-hmm. love it. I would love to learn like a little bit more about your background, your life in North Carolina and what it was like kind of growing up there. Do you have any siblings? What's your family like? Yeah. Um I'm from a small town in the southeastern part of the state. Um so like if you're familiar at all with North Carolina geography, we're like the halfway point between Wilmington and Raleigh. Um, I always say we're like the town in Radiator Springs because people used to drive through there before they put Interstate 40 in. Um, and now it's just kind of like bypassed. But yeah, my family all lived in the like, town that I grew up in. I had one aunt who was whose husband was in the military. So she was away for a while, but they eventually moved back. My aunt and uncle moved when I was in eighth grade. But other than that, everyone is there. So I grew up like around my family and really close with my family but like being in a town where there wasn't a lot of do like a lot to do like I was like we were homebodies um and I have one sister who's 22 and so she just got her first job too so she's like she moved to Charlotte yeah she moved to Charlotte and so our parents are like having empty nest syndrome for the first time because Mm -hmm. we're both like like further away from them than we've ever been but yeah growing up around my family and like my childhood best friend is also my cousin and um, so it's just, I think it's different, but it was really fun. A very small, like, insular community. and Kind of. Um, like, we are the, like, biggest town in our county, but there's, okay. like, a population of less than 10,000. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, like, 
the thing where like you're never like too many degrees of separation from someone Mm -hmm. so even if someone doesn't know you they might know like one of your parents or like one of your aunts or uncles very much like a if everyone doesn't know you they know of you or of your family type situation Mm -hmm. which which has its perks but also its downsides yeah I mean I can imagine like dating in a really small community must be tough like I, I think to some degree you know I grew up in New York City like the complete opposite of what you're describing. Um, And there's like so, so many people here. But when you kind of grow up here, the community feels really small. Like everybody knows each other. Like somebody might know this person's family, that person's family. So it feels like really, really kind of small and insular. And like it's counterintuitive because we grew up in the largest city in the world. But there is it's a funny way of how like community can feel really small especially for me, like being South Asian, I feel like we had like a specific like South Asian community who grew up in New York City and like all of those people know each other too. So like even within the larger kind of like community, there are niche downs that are like so easy to be like, okay, this is my community. These are the people I know. Like, and I think a lot of people have that experience with other like facets of their life. Like whether they go to church or synagogue or like something like that. Like there's so much interconnectedness for those smaller communities. So I can't even imagine like yeah. to make that subset 10,000 people and then niche down within that um, must have been very interesting. Yeah. So you grew up in North Carolina. You grew up kind of in a small town. What brought you to journalism? Like what really sparked that interest for you? Growing up, like I loved sports. Like I was not an athlete at all, like not an athletic bone in my body, but like my dad is a huge sports fan. Um, So every Saturday and Sunday, football on the TV, throughout the week, like baseball games, basketball games, like whatever. And so I like my dream, I thought was to be a sports reporter, which is why I went into I studied broadcast because I wanted to have the mic and I wanted to be on the sideline, like talking to Mm. people after games. Um, But I just like didn't love the like, I just didn't love the broadcast world when I was studying. Um, But that was like what an initially what it was. But now I say like, my grandmother is like a storyteller. She grew up telling me like stories of her life and like her, like she grew up in a really small, like mostly indigenous community. Um, Mm. She, her dad died when she was eight. And so she kind of grew up really quickly and was like farming, like legit as as an eight and nine year old. Um, And so, but she has amazing stories from like the way she grew up Um, and then like moving off to work and traveling And so, like, I just remember begging her to tell me a story or, like, tell me a story again. And so I think that's kind of where I, like, fell in love with, like, hearing stories and then also telling stories. Um, And I think that's what, like, journalism is, especially, like, the in the program I'm in in now. It's just storytelling. And so I owe that to my granny. That's amazing. So are you Indigenous? Yeah. Is that, Um, like, your background? Yes, I'm the member of a small tribe in North Carolina called the Kahiri, but there are two other tribes that like my grandparents are from, which are the Lumbee tribe, which a lot of people have heard of, and then a smaller one called the Waccamaw Suwan. So I grew up like in the Kahiri community, but my grandma's from the Waccamaw Suwan community. So we spent a lot of time there and visiting my great grandmother and just that was an important part of my identity to me growing up because the, even though I was in a community where there were native people, there weren't many. Um, and so just kind of having to, a lot of times, 
like a, not assert my identity, but I had to be comfortable sharing who I was really young because I guess you could put me in a racially ambiguous category. Um, like I just remember being in the fourth grade and like someone speaking Spanish to me and I like, didn't understand. And they like thought that I like couldn't speak my own language. And I was like, no, like that's not like where I'm from. That's not who I am. Um, so just having to get comfortable, like sharing like that part of my identity really young. So it's just been always been important to me to like know about it and like I kind of seek that representation and that community I guess I didn't really even think about it but I guess I I didn't know what your background was um but I I mean even I can relate people speak Spanish to me sometimes and I'm like uh Uh, but I I think like being just like brown-ish you know people are like yeah what are you (laughs) even like Um, since I've moved here because like mm -hmm going to like one of the bodegas near my apartment, someone came in one day and he was asking for help in Spanish. And the owner looked at me, he said, can you help him out? I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't speak Spanish. Um, and then the next time I went in, where are you from? Like, where, where are you mm. from? Um, so like, just like, I guess like it's a benefit that I got so used to answering it early. How do you think that like, did your background influence any of your upbringing or your values? Because I, I feel like that's true for me as like a South Asian person. I've felt a lot of that kind of immigrant mentality and things like that. But I don't know so much about uh, like indigenous culture and what those values are and what sort of things like you had to grow up with. Um, Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's different for every tribe and every person. But my grandmother, like her work was Rooted, rooted in indigenous communities. So she traveled like the entire country helping different tribes do different things. And so she would come back and kind of share about other tribes who like weren't ours, but it was nice to like learn what they did and like what she was learning from them. I think it was just like, like my grandparents and great grandparents and whoever were like brown people in the South. So it wasn't mm. easy for them. Um, even like my like my parents like growing up in the south as brown people I don't think was always easy and so just like this like pride in your background and being where you were from but also like to work hard like like no member of my family ever didn't work hard like my dad was working in the fields as a kid he had he was one of seven siblings my grandfather was like off working like just like to me that's also like just as important as like my identity as an indigenous person is just working hard to to make it, it sounds kind of dramatic but I feel like that's something that I got to see a lot and hear a lot yeah so obviously this is a dating podcast so I want to hear a little bit about your dating life and I can't imagine you know dating kind of within a pool of you had 10,000 people in a town growing up and then all of a sudden you go to Chapel Hill which is a big school right it's like what 30,000 people or something like yeah. that um yeah so what was that experience like for you were were you dating when you were in like high school and stuff or was that was the community like too small or not really like something you were able to do um yeah I dated in high school like a little bit nothing ever mm-hmm. like serious I guess but yeah like when I went to Chapel Hill like like I said and you said like it's three times the size of my hometown in terms of population mm-hmm. so I think moving there was ju- also just like adjusting to being in a big place which is like like kind of silly because it's small compared to everywhere else right but yeah, I mean, I dated like some in high school. I've never been like a huge dater, like one-offs. I had like a couple of boyfriends in my lifetime before like 
graduating. I don't don't know if that was a great way to answer that question. The answer is I dated some, not a lot. <laughs> what was like your very first relationship? So he was in my we had a class together. I don't remember what class. And like I like thought he was flirting with me. And he was because then he asked me out. Um, so we dated for a few months. Um, and he was my first boyfriend. He was like really sweet. He was older, <clears throat> like just a year older. But it's kind of crazy because when I graduated from Carolina, I moved back home, like to my hometown, because I was like trying to figure out like what I was going to do and mm-hmm. ended up working with that ex-boyfriend because I was a teacher for a year and a half. And so he was a teacher. Oh, wow. Um, and he ended up like marrying a girl that like I grew up going to church with. And so like we would like run into each other a lot. And I just remember like the kids like loved him because like they just love all young teachers because like they think you're more relatable. And so I was I was 22, which means he was like 23 or 24. And they'd say, Miss, did you know so and so in high school? And I was just like, yeah, we had some classes together, <laughs> but like I was like I was not gonna tell these thirteen year old kids. Oh no, like yeah, we were boyfriend and girlfriend for a few months. Yeah. Like they would <laughs> that would not have gone over well. And that was in high school. We dated in high school. Yeah, you dated in high school. So I the South is a, so different because I think also you you mentioned that you know you grew up going to church, so maybe that's also a part yeah. of it. But like. I think it's compounded, right? Being in the South and also being in maybe like a religious Christian community. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. Um, that people get married a lot younger uh, than they do in New York City. Like I'm also, I'm about to be 27. So I uh, marriage is not on my radar right now. Like it is something I want to do in the future, but it's like not at all really. I'm like, I'm still a baby. Like I have so much time. And I think that is so normal for New York City and like this kind of mentality. Like there isn't a rush to wanting to get married, but when you're in communities that like yours, like I think it's more normal that that happens. And even when I went to college, like I see more of my college friends because we were in Pittsburgh. It was like a slightly different environment from New York that people are getting married earlier, that people are looking for that like in their life earlier than they are in like these big major cities. So I don't know. Was that like, do you feel that pressure? Do you see that from like other people in your community? I I like never personally felt that pressure from my family, um, mm-hmm. but I think people do. But a fun fact about me is that I was married and like now I'm divorced because like I got married when I was 24 and we'd been dating for three years. And so I get, it felt like a natural thing to do living there because that's like how people do it. Um, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I know people who got married at 20 and like now they're already pregnant with their first kid at 21. Like it, it felt so normal to me that when it like, when I was in that situation, I was like, Oh, like this is like the next step. Like, and I mm-hmm. like felt like I was ready, which like to someone who's like, some people are going to be like really pretentious about that. And it's like, there's no way you thought you were ready for marriage at that age. But like, it's so common, like where I'm from, um, and like a lot of people there get married really young and have really successful marriages. Like, I, I don't think I felt that pressure from anyone in my life. I think like I might have been pressuring myself because mm. everyone around me was married. Like if I do the math on my hand right now, two of my best friends are married with kids. Whoa. Um, two of my best We're friends. your age. Yeah. Um, two have just gotten married in the past like year, year and a half. And mm. one's getting married next year. 
like the, and these are my close, some of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and like now they're 27. So maybe it's like a little bit more, you're kind of getting into the time where other people may be getting married in other places. But I think you definitely, even if it's not conscious, like you feel that subconscious pressure yeah. to be married because people might say like, Oh, like y'all been dating for a while when you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's not crazy. Like, and obviously like I want to circle back and talk about this whole relationship that you had but from 21 to 24 like that's three years being with someone you are an adult like people get married at 24 like that's not that's not a crazy thing I think my parents got married at like anyway I think our generation is also pushing marriage back like later than what it has historically been for good and bad reasons potentially um yeah would love to hear more about that relationship for you sure let's see um so like I mentioned like I moved back home after undergrad and was teaching and his dad was like my next door neighbor mm. and we had these like outdoor exits because we were in an old school so like I could enter from an outdoor outside door and like a couple of times he knocked on my door. I was like, Hey, like my dad's not answering. Like, can I come through here? Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure. And I told my mom, I was like, yeah, like he must be really close with his dad. Cause like we went to high school together. So I kind of knew each other. And she was like, he is not close with his dad. And then like, eventually like a week or two later, he asked me on a date. I was like, Oh, your mom, my mom is so right. And so we dated, which is like a really cute story. Like, yeah. Um, we, so dated- you guys like you knew each other in high school. Yeah, we were, like, not in the same grade, and, like, we weren't really friends. We just mm-hmm. kind of, like, knew of each other, reconnected, for lack of a better word, when I moved back home and, like, mm-hmm. was teaching with his dad. And, yeah, so that's, like, kind of started us dating, and that was 2018, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we dated for a few years, and then... And this is, like, yeah, this is after you graduated college, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in 2020, so I guess we dated for, like, two and a half years, and mm-hmm. then we got engaged in 2020. Like pre-COVID or during COVID? During, but like the way people in New York City talk about COVID is just like not what it was like where I was from. Cause it's just really? Like, yeah, Tell like, me more. Like COVID was happening and COVID was bad, but like it's a, it was a small town. And unfortunately, like there are a lot of people there who were like, this isn't real or like yeah. taking it less seriously. Like my family was masked up and mm-hmm. like, but a lot of people weren't. It wasn't the same. Life was going on like as normal for the most part. Um, Because like people here talk about like getting on the train and no one was on it Mm -hmm. or like walking really far distances because they didn't want to get on the train. I'm trying to think of like things that stopped were like church, movie theaters, like a lot of those like big in-person things were stopping. But like Mm -hmm. there there wasn't grocery delivery at the time. So you still had to go get groceries where I was working at the time. Like I still had to go into the office like every other week. So it was a very different world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I was living in New York City during COVID and it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were definitely like a lot of people taking it seriously. Um, yeah. but, but there were like a fair share of people who were not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the case everywhere. And it probably felt more prominent to me because it was a small town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so engaged during like 2020, like when COVID was happening. And was it something that you guys had like talked about or did it come out of the blue? Okay, no, yeah. we talked about it. And you felt ready? Yeah. I mean, like, I felt like any like issues that we had or like needed to work through like weren't big enough that they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they weren't big enough that they were halting anything, which is also probably a sign of how young I was, like, in hindsight. Were you living together? Mm-mm. 
I feel like that's like I don't know. Maybe that's like more of a kind of city thing or something. I don't. I don't know. You tell me that the perception of like you should live with someone before like you get married yeah. to them. No, like th- there are people who do that. Like in the south and where I'm from that we just didn't like we were like um like like my family is pretty religious like they're Christian and like I am too and like like that's not something I wanted to do at the time Mm -hmm. um so that could have been like a motivator like Mm -hmm. subconsciously for getting married Mm um it's like hard to like at this point it's so hard for me to say because I feel like I was young and like living in this I thought that my world was this big and like that's mm-hmm. how big it was always going to be. So you were in a relationship. You guys had talked about being married. Uh, it was relatively normal in the community that you were in. Like, and yeah, two and a half years is not nothing. Like it is a long time to be with someone and you are an adult at this point. It's after college. Like it's not a crazy thing to have happened, you know? So what was it like? The proposal, getting married, did you have a wedding or was it COVID? Like um the proposal was like like I mentioned, I've like talked about my granny so much because I like love her. Mm-hmm. Um so we like had like a I was like, I had been saying like we should have a picnic in my grandma's backyard. Like I used to climb this tree and like I think it's like the coolest place. Like when I was a kid it was so, mm-hmm. so fun to me. And so like we like had a picnic and like that's where he proposed and then like we had like a little engagement party um with my family and his family some of his family. And yeah, we did have a wedding. We like both of our families are pretty big. So we like just had like a family wedding and thankfully it was like around the time the vaccine was coming out. So I'd mm-hmm. say like half of my wedding party was vaccinated because of the like jobs that they had. And Mm -hmm. then we just had everyone else wear masks. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then we just did like, we went to Nashville for our honeymoon because he'd never traveled a lot and was kind of scared to fly. (laughs) And then to the mountains in North Carolina for a little while. And then just came back. And like that, I think that's like another testament of like how different it was during COVID there because we Mm -hmm. still, we did have a wedding. I had a dress, I had bridesmaids, but definitely smaller than it would have been if it had been a normal time but still kind of not big, but like there was a decent amount of people there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which sounds crazy because I think people are going to say like, oh, this girl had a super spreader event. No, it's clear that it was a different kind of world. And also like, frankly, this shit was happening all over America. Like we were all living very different lives during COVID. And I can see why with a community of 10,000 people, it feels really small and it feels like you know, maybe this isn't as serious as it's being portrayed, like maybe on the media or it me being in a major city, seeing it being emptied out. Like there was one point during COVID that I was like at my parents' apartment and like didn't leave. Like right at the beginning, I did not leave the apartment for 21 days. And we were all just kind of like terrified. Uh, We would like wear gloves and masks to go get groceries once a week. You know, there was no like food delivery. There was no nothing. Like New York City was completely shut down. All you would hear were sirens and ambulances. And at 7 p.m., everyone would bang pots outside their window for healthcare workers. Like that was actually what it was like. It was was desolate. It was crazy. So like you feel that weight when you're in a city like New York, when it, which is something that's so full, so bustling, but yeah, when, like, I don't know, like down in the South. Cause I also, I moved to Miami for a part of COVID, like in 2021, I think part of like being able to have a lot of outdoor space changes and not that Miami has a ton of whatever outdoor space compared to the South or North Carolina, but 
you know, you have the beach, you have like, you have something else. So people feel way more relaxed as opposed to being in a place like New York. So I don't think people are going to listen to this and be like, yeah. oh my I God. Like, I think because it wasn't the same, right? Like here, it was like all of a sudden, like everything shut down. Like I think what resonated with people more back home was like, because it is a small community. So some people, like some well-known people who like a lot of people really cared about or like, really like thought a lot of and respected um got sick and died from COVID Mm. and so I think like that is what kind of made it more real to some people which is like it shouldn't take that for it Mm -hmm. to but I think that is part of it I almost like remember so little about that time Mm. um it was uh, even talking about it now I'm like it kind of feels very surreal feels like a haze yeah but you got married like you had a whole wedding you had bridesmaids you found a dress you went on a honeymoon like you did the thing was was he also like indigenous or was he christian like what was the was there like a lot of alignment did your parents like approve of him um he was white he wasn't native mm-hmm. um but like my parents like liked him i think my family thought a lot of him um and i think like when we were married like for the most part like things were good for like the first chunk we were only married for a year mm-hmm. um, and so, like, for the first chunk, things are really good. And then he had, like, a job change. And then after that, things kind of got, like, a little hectic, a little crazy. Yeah, so what happened? His, like, mom wasn't a big fan of me. Around Labor Day of the year we were married, like, she came over and we got into, like, a little bit of a verbal spat. Mm. And it, like, wasn't good. Like, she was not very nice to me. And so I think that caused some tension a little bit. He, like, kn- like realized that something bad had happened that, like, mm. was out of his control and like didn't know how to navigate it um and I I, like probably wasn't very graceful in it because I thought there was a pretty clear answer (laughs) and then I guess like he had a friend from high school who like moved back into the area that fall and so they started hanging out a lot and this friend was single and like on the dating apps and so sometimes I wonder if that like maybe had an influence on like some of the issues we ended up having Hmm. um it was like a guy friend or yeah okay Um, so he was like coming and like hanging out with us. I really liked him. Like he was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were like a fun little duo, but I, th- I, like he was single and like just dating a lot and like a lot of different women. So I think that may have influenced the end of like had an influence on the end of our marriage, which was just a few months later after he came around. What happened? Long story short, cause I could make this story so long, <laughs> but he ended up like cheating on me. He told me like, like the next day after it happened. And I was like, I just like packed my stuff up and I was like, I'm going to leave and like figure things out. Cause in North Carolina, you have to be separated for a year before you can get divorced. Mm. So I was like, Oh, well, like if I, if this is even a possibility that I might like want to leave, then I need to like go ahead and get That's a job. Right on now. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, just pretty much like pretty much the like final, I guess the catalyst more. I like moved out the next day and that was pretty much it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the story can be as long as you want and as much detail as you feel comfortable giving. But yeah. like, how did you find out? Uh, he, like, he just to- told you. He just told me. I, I don't and I don't know if it was like a cop out. Like he maybe decided he like wasn't ready to be married anymore or like wasn't ready for marriage or didn't like it. Mm. Um, and knew that that would be like a sticking point. Like some people can get over cheating and like some people move on just fine after. But like that wasn't my that wasn't going to be my story mm-hmm. um and maybe he knew that and then the girl ended up getting pregnant so like now he has a whole baby i'm like i'm like hesitant to like tell much more because it involves like a lot of people yeah um but that was like the final like it was pretty clear cut after that yeah so 
whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Did you had this like little spat with his mom and that caused some tension? And do you feel like that tension was kind of carried throughout until the end of your marriage? Or like, do you think he was maybe having, from what it sounds like you're saying, maybe he had potentially thought about marriage not being right for him and maybe this was like an out yeah I think that that just like put a strain on him because like your mom and your wife aren't getting along like what do you Mm -hmm. do like I imagine that's a hard situation and I say not getting along but I was just like she was like really ugly to me and like Mm -hmm. I like can't be around that like that's I've like never asked him not to like to cut I never asked him to cut his mom off that's like not my job but and so then like when the cheating happened and he told me and the next day, because, like, you don't know what you're going to do like until you're in that situation. Right. And I was working, and I like, got – he was, like, off at work, and I got a text, and it was, like, I just don't think we need to be together anymore. So, like, to me – Over text? Right. Yeah, because he told me, and I was, like, I need some space. And, like, then I think we, like, talked on the phone a little bit that morning, and then, like, I just remember him texting me that. And then he, like, had a <laughs> – this sounds crazy he's like he was a musician he played like a ton of instruments he was like a great singer and he like he and some of his friends had a band and like he texted them and we're like and are separating so like I feel like I might need to take a step back and I was like I didn't know I didn't know that that was what was happening because like yeah I, and he sent that text and then like someone in the group this is so crazy so small town who was like really good friends with my cousin's husband was like hey is everything going okay like I just got this text and then I was like, how can you be like saying this? And like, we haven't talked about it. So I, to me, that kind of gave like a clear point of like where his mind was. And of course, like it, it's not like it was over immediately. Like we were still like talking and like texting. And like I didn't know what I was going to do for a while. Right. Um, like he, but he had already kind of made yeah. a decision for yeah. you. And that's how I, that's how, that's how I felt about it. Like he did this thing and then said those things after. And like, to me, like that said more than just like anything that came after it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at what point did you find out, like, about the pregnancy? Like, a month later. So it was probably that, like, night that... Yeah, because as from both, they both say, like, that was, like, the only time they ever, like, hooked up. Like, I think it was, like, a one-night stand situation. Do you, Did you know the girl? Um, no, only, like, like, an... If I had seen her in person, I never would have spoken to her. Like she mm. like went to the church that we had gone to for a while that we were like we weren't there anymore. And I like knew of her, but I didn't know her. And then like ran into her at like a local restaurant one day after I found out that they were having the child. So oh I don't my know. gosh. I feel like this is just a great episode of small town USA. <laughs> small town drama. <laughs> yeah. I, I and I have so many questions. Um and whatever you feel comfortable answering, obviously, seems like a somewhat religious community. Like, you know, you guys go to church yeah. and was having premarital sex allowed or was it looked down upon? Looked down upon. Yeah. And so for obviously like this infidelity to happen, like it was prop. It's like a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Clearly there there's just like a lot of weight around those kind of kinds of actions in this like community whether it's infidelity or like premarital relations or whatever it might be. And I'm sure that also probably ties into somebody getting pregnant and 
like choosing to keep a baby? Is it like, and you tell me, like, I really don't know. Is it a choice or, or like, is it, would it be looked down upon if she like chose not to keep it? I like don't even know like where you would go. Like I, in North Carolina, like. Well, no, like before like Roe versus Wade was overturned and all yeah. of those different, all those things started happening. North Carolina was considered like a safe haven for mm-hmm. abortions in the South. But now like the state's pretty much flipped fully red. Really? Okay. Um, so like, I don't think that's the case in, or going to be the case anymore. But I mean, from where I grew up, I think most people like would cho- like choose to, to keep it. Yeah. Choose yeah. to, or like, I don't really know, like if it, if it's a choice for some people. Yeah. That's what I was like, wondering. For some people, because it is like a religious community. Mm-hmm. Like, cause even if you're not attending church, even if you're not like involved in the church, you still probably grew up going and hearing mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I, but I can't say because like I've never been, I've never had anyone close to me like, in that situation. Debating it. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's so interesting because I feel like you know I grew up in this completely like the biggest city, most liberal place, yeah. and my immediate inclination would be like, oh, I have a choice, like yeah. there, and it's nobody's choices, but like, which is like, yeah. Whenever like this girl found out that she was pregnant, um. I just remember him telling me like their text message exchange and him saying, you can't have an abortion. Mm. And she was like, yeah, I would never do that. Mm. So I think like. It's like not even in the conversation. Like maybe, really. Yeah. And maybe they like knew that someone might suggest it. I don't really know because like I wasn't a part of that conversation either. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's not, that's not really like my story to tell. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. There are it, a lot of layers. obviously but yeah basically the point is it's like maybe not as much of a choice as we might consider it to be like yeah here so when you found all of that information out were you still trying to figure out what you were gonna do or were you just like I'm already out the door I think luckily like my decision was made before Mm -hmm. like I say luckily because I can never say like oh, like if he wasn't having a baby, like my mind, my choice would have been different. Like I'd made my mind up before Mm -hmm. um, and then found out. So it was just like a, almost like a confirmation. Um, But at like at first I kind of debated. I mean, it's just like, you don't know what you're going to do because you're in a relationship and like you love someone and like you're with them for a reason. You got married for a reason. Um, They're like a lot of things to consider. Yeah. So after all of this, what happened? You came to New York? Like what, where did your life go from there? Yeah. So that was, it was the like end of winter, early spring when all this was like, when everything like hit the fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up moving to Raleigh and I lived with my best friend and that was really fun. Um, This was 2021? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. So last year. Um, So I moved in with my best friend and her sister moved in a few months later. That was really fun. Like all of my friends from college almost all live in that area, like still live in Raleigh or near Raleigh. Um, so it was honestly like a really lovely year of just like reconnecting with my friends and kind mm-hmm. of getting to have like that group again. Cause they were friends that I would like check in with every now and then and like talk to, but like that I didn't always see that often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really nice to just kind of like, I always say like I lost a marriage and lost that relationship, but I gained like a I guess like I gained a lot of friendships back and just like can't give enough props to my girls for like being there for me and like letting me like be kind of emotional and be kind of crazy sometimes. Um, And just like 
the way like my friends and family really like supported me mm-hmm. was really awesome. But I was living in Raleigh and then I was working, I was a reporter at the time for a nonprofit newsroom. So I was getting to travel a lot because we covered the entire state. So I lived in North Carolina my entire life, but really had just been like in my small town, Chapel Hill mm-hmm. and kind of around. So I got to travel all over. So I was in New Bern, which is like the northeastern part of the state. And then I was in like the mountains and like Cherokee and Clay counties. And so I was like really close to like traveling from one end to the other and got to see a lot of the state I'd never seen before. So that was Mm. really fun. So your world got to like open up a little bit again after all of this happened. And what prompted you to come to New York then? So I'd been working at my job for about a year um, and I was really liking it. I was like, I want to get better. How can I get better? And I heard about um, the program at NYU and I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. And I would like also get to be in New York. Um, but I like didn't apply. I started the application, didn't finish it. Um, and then got an email from the J school and they were like, Hey, like it's past the deadline, but you still have time to apply. Um, so I was like, Oh, well like I'll apply. And if I get in, like, cause I didn't think I would get in cause I don't mm. have like a ton of reporting experience and like, but it worked out cause I got in. And so then spent like, I think I found out in March or April Mm -hmm. and then just spent like this last chunk of time, like preparing and like relishing and like that time with my friends and family. And now you're in New York. (laughs) What a, I mean, what a wild ride. Like you've lived a whole different life before like coming here. I think a lot of people come to New York for something like a fresh start or a new experience there's so much allowance for that to happen here. And like, you can become whoever you want to become in this city, which is magical. Like you have everything at your fingertips to kind of make that happen and meet the people you want to meet and create the life that you hopefully want to create. There's every kind of person here and every kind of opportunity for you now. Like, what are you kind of looking for and what are you interested in? And have you been dating? No, I haven't been dating. Not since I've moved here. And honestly, like not a lot in the past like year and a half, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a little like apprehensive to like dip my toes in the water. Um, I got on the apps because everyone was like, just start on the apps, get like a few dates and it'll be really easy. But I like felt so icky. And I think I told you this, like when we talked earlier this week, just like making a split second decision about someone, like probably purely based on looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt icky to me. And I like was not having a good time. I was like, I just meet someone the old fashioned way, which has not happened. But um, no, like, I mean, I've like, I, I would like to date, but that's, I'm not like, I'm not gonna, I'm not on the apps because I'm not actively pursuing it. It's not like I'm need a boyfriend right now or I need a relationship right now I need a person right now um I've spent like the last year and a half like really gaining my independence back and being Mm -hmm. really happy like with who I am um that it doesn't feel like it's something I need it's like if it happens that's great and it happens yeah look from every relationship good or bad I feel like you learn something so if you were to kind of like talk about qualities of what you might be looking for in someone, whether it's emotional, physical, uh, like how would you kind of describe your, like if you have any preferences? Like a type. Yeah. If you have a type or like, and type doesn't have to just mean physical, right? Like it would also be like, I like these kinds of like qualities in a person or how they make me feel. Um, That's hard to say because I 
I haven't really thought about it. I like this question. Um, (laughs) I think I'm pretty funny. Like my friends, like with my friends, like I love joking. So I want someone that's pretty like lighthearted and like that I can joke with. Um, But I always say like, I have to be the funniest person in the relationship. So not like as funny as me. I can be a bit of like an overthinker. So I like a logical person who like sees things like pretty cut and dry. My dad's that way. Like when I'm like overthinking something, I can call my dad and he can like help me like really break it down to what the issue is mm-hmm. um someone who's logical and like just like wants to have a good time like I like like to do fun things and I I'm not a big planner and I wouldn't say that I'm like overly spontaneous but who can pick up when they want to and like wants to like go do whatever yeah and would you say physically you have any preferences or you're open um no my family always says I don't I just like who I'd like yeah. Um, no, I mean, that sounds horrible. I should, I should answer that question more clearly. It sounds like I don't know what I like. I just, <laughs> um, let's see. Um, like I love when guys have really thick eyebrows. That's like a random feature. I, I like the mustache trend. Guys should keep doing the mustache. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I just like, I think I like find like a lot of different types of guys attractive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm being so unhelpful. Um, no, it's I fine. Just, I mean, look, you're open to like, yeah, I think that's the best kind of attitude to have. Also, you have this opportunity where you're like opening up your life by like moving to a new city. You're studying like you're advancing your career. Like you can have like yeah. open preferences. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> See whatever comes your way. Uh, and so if you have been on any dates, has it been like an issue at all for anyone if have you had to mention that you've been like married or divorced or it's because in the grand scheme of things it was only a year it was basically just like it was just like another year of dating I like guess. being in a relationship yeah. yeah um I like I think like early on like I was like kind of like t- flirting with someone and like got like a friend to like drop a hint and they were like she's got a lot of stuff going on. I don't want to be in the middle of that. But that was like, pretty like early on. So I I Mm. think, but no, like, I think I've talked to other guys that definitely, definitely know that I was like, separated or divorced and like, didn't care. Yeah. Because I mean, I I don't come with any attachments from that marriage. Like, it's exactly what I mean, like, there's no kids or anything, which I think would be, I don't know, a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. If like cut and dry you were just like in a relationship for like three four years right yeah and you broke up um a year of that was just had civil union you right. know? yeah had some, had some legal ties yeah <laughs> had some legal ties are you guys like still in contact or at all like how were you able to move on from that because I'm like is breaking up and going through a divorce like are probably slightly different things. Yeah. Um, um, no, we like don't talk. We did like when we first separated, we were still talking like fairly often, like, mm-hmm. but it just came to a point where I was like, this isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for you. Um, and so like, we don't talk. We're not friends on social media. Yeah. Um, if I know anything about him, it's cause someone told me and I'm assuming yeah. probably the same for him. Um, like towards the end of our divorce, we had to like chat because we had to get the filing process figured out and just like little things like that. But no, we don't talk. I mean, I also recently went through a breakup and I feel like that's the best way to do it is kind of that like no contact and let's both live our lives separately and 
it's just easier to like give yourself that like mental space. space. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, we're coming up on time. So I want to make sure that we get in our last segment, which is called shots. I ask rapid fire questions and you answer them. So okay. you ready to do some shots? Yeah. All right. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. Dine out or delivery? Dine out. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Money or fame? Money. Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Pepsi. Spicy or mild? Mild. Coffee date or drinks date? Coffee date. What is your favorite season? Fall. What's your favorite song right now? Hmm, that shouldn't, that's not rapid fire. Oh, I've been killing out the new 1989 Taylor Swift, mm. the, which is so basic, but the now that we don't talk track is so fun. <laughs> what is your drink of choice? Um, it can be alcoholic, non alcoholic, it doesn't matter. I can kill out a Dr. Pepper, I like buy them daily. I should <laughs> buy like a 12 pack. <laughs> what would you rate yourself out of 10? Oh, I've never had to. Th- oh. I guess I'd say I'm a seven. What is your favorite dating app? When I was on them, I would use Hinge. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Ooh, I'd name it the Stella after my puppy. Okay, great. Thank you so much for coming on, especially so last minute. Uh, really appreciated you sharing your story. And, you know, if you are interested in meeting our guest, whether it's romantically or platonically feel free to reach out on our form at flow.page slash drinks first or on instagram you can find it in our link in bio at drinks.first i am your host ariana nathani you can find me on all social media platforms at ariana.nathani so thank you so much